You are listening to the Healthy Leader Podcast with Tracy Fisher, episode number 26. Welcome to the Healthy Leader Podcast, where it's all about optimizing your health, energy, and performance for your mind and your body. And now, your host, Master Coach Tracy Fisher. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you for being here and spending time with me. I've got a great topic today. It is self-confidence and creating self-confidence. And before I dive in, I want to share with you that I'm practicing having confidence in my puppy's ability to be quiet. They are at my feet right now. They are asleep. And I have my fingers crossed that they will stay that way throughout this entire recording. So we are talking about self-confidence, which is different than confidence. And we're talking about it this month in the inner circle, the healthy leader inner circle. And having confidence is a big deal for leaders. That goes without saying, you know that. It is a big deal when we are trying to level up and do our best and be the best version of ourselves and do things that we haven't done before. Self-confidence is a huge piece in both leadership and also self-leadership. And having self-confidence really does determine what kind of life you are going to experience regardless of external successes. So today I want to share a different perspective on self-confidence and how it is really created. And then I'd like to give you some tips on how you can practice creating self-confidence when you need it at that moment, and then also continue to practice creating more self-confidence in general. So before I dive in, I want to share a funny story about one of my sisters. So on the last podcast, I mentioned a story that involved one of my sisters. And so I said to her, hey, listen, there's a story in there about you. If you're interested, go listen to episode number 25. And so she was listening to it. She was in her house and cleaning one of her rooms and she had it broadcasting on speaker. And <laughs> her husband walked into the room and he thought that we were on the phone together. And he mouthed to her very quietly, does she ever stop talking? <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. And she started cracking up and she's like, it's a podcast. So I wanted to give a little shout out to my brother-in-law and say hello and that made me think about one of the concepts that is related to self-confidence, and that is what other people think about us. So I don't know if my brother-in-law thinks that I always talk too much or if it was isolated to that one podcast slash phone call. And right now where I am in my life, it doesn't matter to me. And that is really important because one of the core elements around self-confidence is worrying about what other people think about you. Now that's different than caring about what other people think about you, but we spend a lot of time in other people's heads thinking about what they are thinking. Now, many of us did that much more when we were younger. I know that I did, but even still today, I think that many clients that I work with and perhaps you might say yes to meetings that you don't really need to be at because you want to make a good impression on other people, or you want to seem like a team player. We let other people schedule onto our calendars, and then we have to push back the work that we're doing and spend more time at work because we want to seem more approachable to them. Or even if we are saying yes to things like volunteering or baking a thousand cookies for the school auction, or yes to being on that board, or even drinking or eating off a protocol, 
because we don't want other people to think we're picky or that we're sticks in the mud or we don't know how to have a good time. When we do that, when we take any of those actions, really what we're doing is we're trying to influence the way that other people perceive us and how they think about us. This is really easy to see in social media in terms of the way that we want to present ourselves and to present our lives. And so it goes from, you know, making sure that you have the camera at the right angle and the right lighting and you're turned a certain way, the certain look on your face. And when we're doing that, we're basically trying to get people to think something about us. So one of the things I invite you to do, I was just talking with one of my kids about this, is the next time you're on social media, notice if you are sharing and enjoying and learning or if you are comparing. I have spoken with so many people who are highly educated, have high levels of self-confidence, and they're like, I cannot believe how much of an impact scrolling through social media can have on me. I hear myself saying, oh my gosh, their business is doing better than mine. They look better than I do. Their family looks so much happier. They're going on better vacations. And the sharing and the connection turns into serious comparing. And it can go both ways. You can think that you're not good enough or you're less than in some way or that you've got it better. You look better, you've got more money or whatever. And the emotion that is being created during this comparison is going to be either superiority or inferiority. And neither one of them creates true self-confidence because the focus there is always on the comparison. It's always on the external and the external is constantly changing. We know that. And if we are deriving our self-worth from comparing ourselves, then that's a total crapshoot. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. And it is so true. And I think that this concept of comparing and thinking about what other people think about us is at the core of learning how to build self-confidence. So there's a huge difference between confidence and self-confidence. And the analogy I want to use has to do with soccer. I started playing soccer when I was, goodness, about eight years old. I played on the dynamites, <laughs> the green team. And then I played all through high school and college and I coached. And I am confident that I could get out on a soccer field and know how to play the game. I'm also confident that my skill level now is nowhere near what it used to be. And those are basically facts. I know the rules of the game. I know how to strategize around the game. I have a certain level of physical fitness, just the facts. But if you put me on a basketball court, my confidence in my skills is much lower. I didn't play basketball my entire life. I don't have the muscle memory or the knowledge of the game. So that's about my confidence in my skills to play soccer or to play basketball. But self-confidence has absolutely nothing to do with my skill levels. It has nothing to do with my experience or my history. It has everything to do with the way that I think about myself, the way that I think about my skill levels, the way that I think about my experience, the way that I think about my history. And here's why that's true. My skill level today is my skill level. It is what it is. And if I were to go out onto a field with a competitive women's league right now, my self-confidence might be really low. I might be thinking there's no way that I'm going to be able to compete with these ladies. I am going to look like an idiot. And I would then feel nervous and scared to be out there. And my self-confidence would be low. But 
if I went out and I played with a group of my neighbors who I know have never played soccer, (laughs) then my self-confidence might be high. I might be like, bring it on. I can feel a hat trick coming. Totally different energy, right? What's it created by? Comparison. Where is that comparison created? In my mind, my skill level is the same. My capability is the same. My confidence in my ability to play soccer is the same in both of those scenarios. But my self-confidence is different. And guess what else? I could also go out onto that competitive field and I could think, you know what? I don't have those same skills as these ladies, but I'm going to use their skills and I'm going to level up. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to do my very best. I may not have that skill, but I've got high energy. I'm friendly and I know how to support people. And so I can be a contributing member to this team, even though my skill levels are lower. And then my self-confidence would go up. Or I could show up to that neighborhood game and I could be like, oh boy, they think I'm really good, but I suck now. I wonder if my legs look cottage cheesy in these shorts or (laughs) whatever. And my self-confidence goes down. So you can see that confidence is the current skill or the ability, your capability. And self-confidence is totally made up. It's how you think about your confidence. It's how you think about yourself. It is your opinion of yourself. And to some degree, it is how you are comparing yourself to other people, how you are thinking about what they might be thinking. And the trick is to stay in your own lane. It's to stay focused on you and what you can do, how you can think, the energy that you can create. And that is not always an easy thing to do. And it's especially not an easy thing for our kids to do. I was talking about social media earlier, Instagram, filters, TikTok. So I want to give you another comparison story that you can use with your kids that helps to differentiate between confidence and self-confidence. So I was just a guest speaker for an NYU class, and the topic was self-leadership and how we can cultivate self-leadership in our lives. And clearly, confidence is a big piece of that. And so I asked my daughter, Joelle, who lives in the New York area and is a similar age to these master's students, what would be pertinent to these young people. And she said, self-confidence, mom, you have got to share the bathroom story with them. And as a side note, I have to tell you, I was pleasantly surprised as a parent that she said that and that she remembered it. And so I want to share the bathroom story with you. And it is one that I made up when she was little and I was trying to get across this concept about self-confidence and that it has nothing to do with the things that you have or the clothes that you wear or what other people have or what other people say, but that has everything to do with your mind and what you choose to think. And of course, this is about Teddy Roosevelt's comparison being the thief of joy. And as I share this with you, I want for you to imagine something that we use in the Healthy Leader Inner Circle when we are talking about self-confidence and taking this to a deeper level. And it is a self-confidence scale. So As you're listening, envision a linear scale with a zero being right at the center, and to the right is positive 10, and then to the left is negative 10. And there are tick marks from zero to positive 10 and zero to negative 10. This is your confidence scale. And if you are at a positive 10, then you have 
the most self-confidence that you can have. You have determination and focus. You are zeroed in on your best qualities. You know your strengths. You are self-assured. You just feel positive and poised and self-aware. And if you are at a negative 10, that means that you are the opposite. You are full of extreme doubt. You are highly self-critical. You distrust yourself. You feel out of control. And then zero is right in the middle. It's neutral. You're not feeling any emotions at all. So here's the story. Imagine that you are in a public bathroom at an event of some sort. It's a special event and you have gotten dolled up. You smell good. You've done your makeup. You have a new dress or a new suit and you love the way that you look. You took your time and when you look in the mirror, you feel confident and notice how that feels in your body when you're just looking at yourself eye to eye, just you. How does that feel? Where are you on that scale? So let's just say for story purposes, it's an eight. That's what self-confidence feels like to you in that moment. It's what you think about you and, and how you feel inside your body about you. And this is an important piece because self-confidence is a feeling. It's an energy that you have in your body. It's created by your state of mind and what you are thinking. But I want for you to know what it feels like in your body. And I want to point out here that what we are doing with this scale is we're basically objectifying something that is subjective. We are giving a number to a feeling and you just get to guess at what that number is. There's no right answer. You get to decide for you. And it's important to do this because it helps us to nail down something that can feel very elusive and hard to think about. So that's the first piece. Give yourself a number as you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And then the door swings open and in walks someone who's really dolled up and they stop and they look at themselves in the mirror and then they look at you. They're standing right next to you. You see them. They look really good. And in your mind, they look better than you do. They've got better jewelry or better hair, or better body, more expensive clothes, whatever. Now look back at yourself in the mirror and go inside. How do you now feel in your body? Did your self-confidence go down? Is your number still an eight or is it a seven or a five or a negative two? Notice the emotional impact of comparing yourself to someone else. So that's the second piece of this. And then the pretty person goes into the bathroom and someone else comes out and they are not dressed up. In fact, in your opinion, in your mind, in your thoughts, they look downright bad. They have not dressed up at all. Their clothing doesn't look good. They didn't do their makeup or they didn't tie their tie right. And they have toilet paper stuck to their shoe. They're a mess. And you glance at them and catch their eyes in the mirror. And then you look at yourself. Now, how do you feel about you? So this is a simple scenario and a simple exercise that has huge benefits if you do it. If you walk through the scenario in your mind and notice the energy shift in your body and notice the impact that the environment and what we think about the environment has on us. We notice people and things and events 
and all of the chatter that is going on in our brain that might have been unconscious and we're able to bring it to the forefront. And the ultimate thing that I want for my daughter and my children and for everyone that I work with is to be simultaneously aware of the environment and what's going on and who is in it and have compassion for it and to be aware and in the midst of that, to be solid in our beliefs about ourselves, no matter what the world is doing. That is self-confidence and that can be a tall order. It is a lesson and a meta skill that we are all in constant practice with. And if we're not aware of the difference between self-confidence and confidence, and if we don't know that we're the ones who are creating the energy of confidence within our bodies, then we cannot change it. And we go from comparing what kind of jeans we have on in middle school, side note for me, it was Jordash jeans, and I got those, I was the bomb. My mom used to make all of my clothes, <laughs> so I was a big stuff up. We go from doing that type of comparison when we're younger to just advancing the comparison. And now we're comparing our cars and our houses and our bank accounts and our positions and our relationships and our levels of success. And when we have a mindset like that, then it never matters if we reach our weight or our financial or relational goals. At some point, that goal is not enough. We're never going to truly feel self-confident because there will always be someone else out there who has more or who has better fill in the blank. And I want to say to you, if you are feeling like that, if you feel like you are in comparison mode or you're constantly feeling like you are not good enough for the position that you are in and it, you feel like you're the only one who's doing it, you are not. Almost every single executive that I work with has talked through or walked through this not good enough, this comparison piece that we were all taught to do. So the first piece of truly creating self-confidence is to just know what self-confidence is and how it's created and to know that it does not come from the outside, to know that it comes from you. And that is a really cool thing to really truly understand because that means that you can right now create confidence within your own body. You can literally create that energy in your body before you reach that next promotion, before you reach that next financial goal, before you reach that weight loss goal, before you go 30 days without drinking, before you fill in the blank. You can right now create self-confidence before you have confidence in your ability. That is so cool. Just saying that makes me feel really energized. That's a big statement because often we hear that confidence is built on accomplishment, that you have to get good at something and then you have confidence. And that is true in the way that it is true, like my skills at soccer. You practice, you get better, you have the skills, and then you have the confidence in your capability to do that. And then you have the thought that I am good at that. I know what I am doing. It is the thought that you know the skill that creates the self-confidence. It's not the skill itself. Self-confidence is a state of mind and a feeling. Now, in preparation for this, I looked it up on the internet just to see what it would say, and the first definition that came up I really liked. It was the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. And then there's a semicolon and it says, firm trust. I love that. 
the feeling or belief, the feeling, that's an emotion, right? That's that energy within your body. The belief, a belief is a thought. A belief is a thought that you have thought over and over and over again, and you believe it to be true. And then the someone is you <laughs> and your ability to learn, your ability to fail and get up and go again, your resiliency, your determination, your character strengths, the things that you already know about yourself. You don't need to get good at anything else to create that. And then firm trust, firm trust, trust in yourself. Imagine feeling like you can trust yourself all of the time. Imagine knowing that you are good enough just the way that you are right now and in this moment. You see that energy in kids who are young and they're like naturally singing and humming and dancing and they're not paying any attention to what people think about what they are doing. There's this energy to them. They're like, I am the best. I am the best. It's because they haven't learned to compare themselves yet. They just know how good it feels to sing and dance and move and be alive. That creates a natural self-confidence. And when I see kids doing that, I'm like, that is self-confidence. That is what I want, to stay in my own lane, create my own self-confidence, no matter what the world is telling me, no matter what other people tell me, no matter what my experience has been. So how do you do that? You might be saying, all right, Tracy, I get it. I'm responsible for creating my own self-confidence. Now, how do I do that? How do I do that on the field of life? How do I do that in the quiet of my bathroom when I'm standing on the scale? How do I do that when I am in the boardroom or at work or speaking in front of thousands of people or getting ready to have a difficult conversation? How do I create it in those moments? And so I want to give you a few tips, if you will, to create it. And as we start, I also want for you to remember that this is a practice. This is a mental practice. You are practicing managing your mind and your heart to a specific skill of creating confidence so that you can perform in a certain way so that you can feel fulfilled. And that takes consistent practice. So the first tip, if you will, I pretty much have already given you, <laughs> and that's just really understanding and being aware in your day-to-day -day life of the difference between self-confidence and confidence and really understanding that you do create self-confidence and to be aware of that on a daily basis. And then as you are paying attention to that, the second tip is really more about getting to know yourself and increasing your self-awareness and understanding where you are on that confidence scale in any given moment. What is your opinion of yourself and your capabilities and your abilities? Are you trusting yourself? And the interesting piece about this that I notice when I am working one-on-one -on -one with clients is that we create a protocol and then I'm like, how confident do you feel? And they're like, well, I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> and you can hear in their voice that there is low self-confidence. It's that kind of sing-songy, well, we'll kind of see how it goes or it doesn't go. And that is one way to use the word try, where you're basically giving yourself an out even before you start because you have low self-confidence. And so this reminds me of Yoda and what Yoda was addressing when he said, do or do not. There is no try. 
he was talking about that use of the word try. Like, let's get rid of the low self-confidence and get after it. Create self-confidence. Remember who you are and bring it. Bring that to the situation. And then there's another way that somebody might use the word try. So, for example, they might say, I am going to try and run three miles straight. I haven't done that since college, but I am going to give it everything I have. I am going to try to run three miles. Now, what the indicator there is that my confidence level in running three miles may be lower, but my self-confidence is really high. I am doing it. I am going to give it everything that I have. And so that use of the word try is very different. And so when you pay attention to that and witness how you're using that language and how you are thinking about yourself, the more you're going to get to know yourself and the more you will start to trust yourself. When you start to see how your thoughts create your emotions and your confidence and you start to see the difference between self-confidence and confidence, you have control over it. It is no longer about the external world and what's going on out there. It's not about comparing yourself to others. It's not even about your own capability. It is simply about witnessing your own mind and seeing how you do or do not create self-confidence. That's pretty amazing. Just knowing how to do that creates self-confidence all by itself. That is an amazing skill to be able to do that. So here's another tip. Think about what it actually feels like in your body when you are confident. What are the physical sensations? For me, it's kind of like a fire has been lit a little bit in my belly. There's this determination. There's a solidness to my core. I feel like I'm standing up taller. And then there's also just this very light energy, almost a tingling energy. And I love the way that that feels. That's what confidence feels like for me. Do you know what confidence feels like for you? And if you're not sure, go back to a time in your life, even if you have to go back to when you were a little kid and you were like, yeah, I am all that. And get that energy going and see if you can find it. And then if you need a little more help, what you can do is think of a time where you were confident. Use your capability or your ability. Think of a time when you won something, when you received a degree, when you did something really well, maybe it was a presentation. Think of something that you are really good at, that you have confidence in. So right now for you, maybe you're really good at closing sales or coaching, or maybe you are a phenomenal parent. Maybe you're a talented musician. So what does it feel like in your body when you are doing that thing, catch that feeling, catch that energy and remember it and know what it feels like. And here's the thing about using confidence. People will say, yeah, I'm confident in my ability to close the sale because I've closed thousands of them. I know that I can do it. That is confidence in a skill. And yes, when you have confidence in a skill, it affects your self-confidence not because you can do the skill, but because of what you are thinking about yourself when you do that skill. And the thought goes something like this. I just closed the biggest sale of my career. I am really good at this. Or I just went an entire week without any alcohol. I can do this. I am self-disciplined. 
And it's interesting how we play these mind games with ourselves and we can make closing the sales create confidence and we can also use it to create self-doubt, right? It's just like the bathroom scenario. You can double your sales and think, I am rocking it. I know what I'm doing. I have arrived. And then in the next moment, you can look at someone else's sales number and be like, oh, shoot, I better get it going on. This is not good enough. I'm not doing great. I need to double down again. And there goes your self-confidence. So be sure to notice your thoughts and your emotions and the correlation and what confidence feels like within your body. And then the final tip is to practice. Yep, <laughs> you can practice creating self-confidence and you do not need to wait until you are mired in self-doubt or really worried about something or feeling less than in a particular circumstance. You can practice creating a plus five in self-confidence or a plus 10 or even a plus one. You can practice at any time. And so there are a couple of different things that you can do to practice creating self-confidence. And the first has to do with action and things that you do in your personal life. And one example that I like to give is how do you take care of your body? How do you take care of yourself? When you go into that bathroom and you look at yourself in the mirror, what feels good visually to you? So that may mean getting in a suit and tie or putting on your best outfit or doing full makeup and blow drying your hair or whatever. Or it might mean just taking a shower and getting out of your sweats. Or it could mean just smiling at yourself in the mirror. It's up to you. You decide what would physically support you in increasing your self-confidence. So that's one thing you can do. Another way to shift your energy is to have a tool like a mantra or a vision statement of who you are to have that at the ready. Everyone that I work with creates a well-beingness vision statement of who they are in their three most important relationships. And that statement always begins with, I am. Now, I have actually recorded my vision statement and I listen to it when I feel doubt coming on or I need a little bit of a boost and several of my clients do that as well. And it might seem a little silly to you, but I tell you what, it's not. Life can get busy and as leaders, your focus is on getting things done, taking care of other people and reminding yourself of who you are in the midst of that can sometimes be difficult if you don't have a tool if you don't have it on audio or if you don't have it written down somewhere. And so having that at the ready, a visual statement or an audio statement for you to listen to to help you shift your energy is an amazing tool. So find a tool that works for you. And I wanna share with you one of my very favorite tools that I've been using since, oh my goodness, the 1990s. <laughs> And it is a poem by one of my very first mentors, Marianne Williamson. And the name of the poem is Our Deepest Fear. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes that you can have it as well. And I want to read it to you. It's not very long, but it is really powerful. So as I read this, I want you to remember who you are and to think about your deepest fears and to think about your comparison to other people. It goes like this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? 
You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I'll tell you that originally I was not going to read that whole thing, but I decided to read the whole thing because it underscores your inherent value and that you do not need to look a certain way, make a certain amount of money, have a certain level of success, or do one more thing to shine your light. And when you are aware of that, when you're aware of your inherent value, when you self-lead, when you manage your mind and know this truth, know this belief about yourself, then you are so much better equipped to lead other people. Having self-confidence is a massive leadership skill. That self-confidence is magnetic. People are drawn to that. People are drawn to those leaders. So that's it. That is creating self-confidence in a nutshell. Remember that you do not need to have one more accomplishment to create self-confidence, to know your inherent worth and value. But you do need to slow down enough to notice what's going on in your mind and your heart to be able to shift it, to be able to actively and consciously be the person that you are, to bring your gifts out into the world. You are composed, poised, self-aware, upbeat, unperturbed and unshaken and you fill in the blank. That is who you are. So go be it and enjoy the journey and go forth and create your self-confidence. Hey there, if you are ready to take your well-beingness to the next level, come visit thewellness.coach where I've got lots of free resources. And make sure that you type in thewellness.coach, not .com, and I will see you there.